Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wiser Financial Advisor Show with Josh Nelson, where we get real, we get honest, and we get clear about the financial world and your money. This is Josh Nelson, a certified financial planner and founder and CEO of Keystone Financial Services. We love feedback, and we'd love it if you would pass it on to me directly at josh at keystonefinancial.com. Also, please stay plugged in with us, get updates on episodes, and help us promote the podcast. And also, subscribing to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast service. Let the financial fun begin. Everyone, welcome to the Wiser Financial Advisor Show with Josh Nelson, where we get real, we get honest, and we get clear about the financial world and your money. This is Josh Nelson. I am your host, and I'm excited. It's Christmas time, and this is one of my favorite times of year. Hopefully, it is the most wonderful time of the year for you as well. Today, we're going to be talking about cash, and you may have heard the term cash is king. If you look it up, it means a few different things depending on what context you're using that. But today we're going to talk about how much cash you should really keep in savings. Money that isn't invested anyplace, it's just someplace, quote unquote, safe. You've heard me talking about buckets, and this is the protection bucket. So this is before we even talk about investing having a protection bucket that makes sure that your insurance is uh, covered, you have enough cash, you've got your debt under control. The protection bucket, really, really, it's critical that you've got enough cash reserves that if something bad happens, something unexpected happens, that you're able to weather that without having to borrow money or dig into your investments. So we're going to talk about cash today in the context of you personally and how much money you should keep in cash. I get that question a lot from people actually. Over the years, people want to know how much should I keep in cash and then where should I put it? So that's what we're going to talk about today. For some of you, you know that I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan and Dave is really, really good when it comes to talking about the protection bucket and the different facets of keeping some good financial stability in your life. One of those certainly is having enough cash. And you might know that he uses baby steps. And baby step number one actually is to keep $1,000 in cash someplace. Now, when we're talking about cash, by the way, I'm not talking about you carrying around cash. That probably is not the best idea. What we're talking about is you having enough money sitting in a savings account, a checking account, a CD, someplace that it's safe and it's liquid. You have the money available. It's not going to go up and down like the stock market or the bond market. And so it strictly has cash, even if it's earning nothing. And that's probably what you are experiencing as well. I'm in the same boat as you. I think we're all in that boat that cash is not something that's earning really much of anything right now. If you're getting anything above zero, you should kind of be happy because the Federal Reserve has kept interest rates very low, which is pretty common during a recession. The Federal lower rates way down, especially if there's no inflation. And they will use that as a way to help boost the economy because it makes it cheaper to borrow. The other side of it is that it encourages people to invest the money other places like real estate or stocks or other things that may help the economy more, knowing that people aren't earning a lot of interest on the money. It's uh, encouraging for people to take the money and do something with it instead of just letting it sit. Again, back to those baby steps. Baby step number one is get $1,000 in cash. Baby step number two is the debt snowball. And a previous episode of mine talked about the debt snowball. I highly encourage you to go back to that if you're not familiar with what I'm speaking of. But once you're done with the debt snowball, 
baby step number three then is to get six months worth of living expenses in cash. And again, I'm talking about keeping it in an account uh, that's a cash equivalent. You're able to get the money whenever you want. Why is it baby step number three? Well, if Dave was here right now, and he's not, but if Dave was here on my podcast, he would say, because debt is the enemy of growth, and you really need to eliminate your debt, except for the mortgage, um, need to eliminate all your other debt first, because what you're doing is you're actually improving your cash flow, meaning that if you're lowering your monthly expenses, the fixed expenses, like the payments that you're required to make, then that actually puts you in a safer financial position because you could get by and so could I. We all could get by on a lot less money if we had no debt. Then you really would have a lot of discretionary spending going on. And of course, that's stuff we can cut back on. We don't have to travel. We don't have to buy new vehicles. We don't have to go clothes shopping. Uh, There's a lot of stuff that we can do that would be a lot less expensive if we had to. So baby step number three then is the larger cash reserve, the larger cash bucket, if you want to use that term, which would be about six months worth of living expenses. Now, many of you who have spoken with me one-on-one, you know that I like three to 12 months worth of living expenses, that being an ideal And you might wonder, well, how do I know what my living expenses are? If you haven't been doing any budgeting, if you haven't been doing any tracking of your spending, now would be a good time to do that because you really need to know what that monthly average is that you need to be able to come in and not only just survive, but also be relatively comfortable. We're not talking about crazy sporging type expenses. We're talking about just your basic monthly stuff without having to make any drastic changes in your lifestyle. Why three to 12 months worth of living expenses? I can think of lots of reasons, but one of those would definitely be that everybody's budget is a little bit different. And if something were to happen where you couldn't work for some reason, and I'm assuming you're still working, if you're still working, then you might need that cash to live on for a while. And there's all kinds of things that can happen. People get laid off all the time. People get injured all the time. And maybe their insurance, uh, maybe they don't have disability insurance, or maybe their employer's disability insurance doesn't replace 100% of their income. There's also all kinds of other stuff. If you own a home or if you have kids or if you own a vehicle or if you're human, you're going to have unexpected expenses. That's just part of the experience of life is that you're going to have stuff come up that you didn't plan on. Of course, the larger your budget is, the larger you tend to spend on a monthly basis, the larger those things could be that would come up. could be larger home repairs. It could be larger expenses in replacing a more expensive vehicle or even repairing a more expensive vehicle. In a lot of cases, we just need to have a larger cash bucket available. The other thing, again, is that there's just out of left field stuff that happens all the time. And those things can't be planned for other than what we're talking about right now. And that's a good idea to keep that cash bucket. So baby step number three and Dave Ramsey parlance is really about getting that six months is his ideal. I say three to 12. Why do I say three to 12? Because everybody's situation is a little bit different. In some cases, people's cash flow is a lot less predictable. Let's say that you work for the federal government. You're a civil servant. Basically, you've got your health insurance through them and you've, you've got your paycheck. It's very hard to fire you. <laughs> Maybe uh, that's very possible that you're not going to get laid off and it's very stable. Maybe in those situations, three months would be a little bit more appropriate. Let's say you are a small business owner, especially if it's a business that has a lot of fluctuation or risk in cash flow, it's probably a better idea to carry a year worth of living expenses or something close to that. 
just ask any small business owner that is trying to make it through this pandemic in 2020, especially if they have anything to do with leisure or travel or uh, the food industry, um, anything like that, a bar, uh, those sorts of things have really been negatively impacted. Some other businesses, of course, have been beneficiaries. Liquor stores in general are doing quite well right now. Um, For my friends that own liquor stores, they say that they're doing great here in 2020. That could reverse. Things could change. I could think of any number of things that could happen to a business that is completely outside of their control. And it would be important to have a pretty good chunk of money to be able to live off of or even pay bills for the business for a period of time. So what's my point in all of this is that it's important to have cash and cash is king when there's bad stuff that happens or unexpected stuff that happens. Cash really is king in those circumstances. Really, I think if you think about bad stuff that happens and we don't have this financial foundation set up where we don't have cash and we have too much debt, then you know things get ugly very, very quickly. And it does for companies too, by the way. This is not just individuals. Businesses, if I'm speaking to a business owner or somebody who's managing the finances of a business, it's just as important for a business. And businesses die because they run out of cash. Typically, that's because they took on too much debt. They were over leveraged and they didn't have nearly enough cash to be able to survive whatever storm that hit them. And any business will have that eventually, no matter how solid the business may seem right now, eventually something's going to happen. Individually, something will happen to all of us at some point that's very expensive, very unexpected. And if we don't have cash, then we have to do one of two things. Number one, we've got to take on debt. We've got to borrow money to cover for it. And oftentimes that's where people get in trouble with debt to begin with. If something crazy happened, they didn't have the cash to cover it. And you know, then, then they end up having a bunch of medical bills or whatever it might be that end up starting to stack up. So that's one thing. Also, it could be that we have to start cashing out investments, especially retirement funds, things like that. That can get ugly really quick as well, because not only is it robbing you know yourself from the future, because that was your future planning money for your retirement, your kid's college, and so forth. So you are actually robbing from the future. But the second thing is that, of course, when you have an emergency, is the stock market likely to be down or up? Well, of course, it could be either way. But Murphy's Law, it's probably going to be down like in 2020, say spring of 2020, when the market dropped about 30%. So, you know, kind of keep that in mind that we don't want to be cashing out investments. We also don't want to have negative tax consequences. And whenever you sell investments, there's going to be some kind of tax consequence, either by having to pay capital gains tax on any non-retirement types of investments. Or if it's a retirement account, there could be not only taxes due, but you also might be penalized if you're not old enough to be able to tap into those things. So we really, really, really want to avoid that and having a good cash reserve will help with that. So then the next question people ask me is, great, so I'm going to build that cash up. Now what? Where do I actually put that? So I know there's different schools of thought here. My personal opinion is that it needs to be someplace completely liquid and completely safe. By safe, I mean that it better be FDIC insured or the equivalent, say if it's a credit union, you'd have what's called NCUA insurance. So you'd want to have that federal backing. Also, I'm a big fan of liquidity. Could you do CDs? You could. 
right now, I can tell you that you're not being rewarded much more for doing CDs, certificates of deposit, than you would be just keeping it in a savings or checking account. Again, rates are close to zero right now. So we're probably talking about tenths of percents difference between different banks, different credit unions, places that you might have that money. So it needs to be someplace that's completely liquid, completely safe. These days, we might have to do it electronically. Again, it's not as easy to walk into a bank during a pandemic. But nonetheless, you know that that money would be available pretty much the same day. You have some way of getting that money and covering for whatever emergency that you've got. Some people have found online banks that they have used and they find that they pay a little bit higher interest because they might only exist online. And there's some benefit there because they might not have to have as many employees or the brick and mortar expenses of having a branch network and ATM machines and those sorts of things that a typical bank or credit union would have to have. I don't really have an opinion on that. As long as it's liquid, it's safe, you can get the money very, very quickly if you need it. And again, make sure that you're checking to make sure that they've got the federal insurance, right? FDIC insurance or NCUA insurance, so you know that that money truly is safe. Of course, back in the financial crisis, we did have a lot of banks and credit unions ended up going broke or you know, more or less they went broke and they were forced to get married up to larger institutions. But nonetheless, that's not a guarantee. Back then, I don't know any depositors that actually lost money in the financial crisis, but that doesn't mean that you couldn't. So just be very careful about where you're depositing money and that it's at a reputable financial institution. So, you know, it's, it's up to you. You could cash CDs out if you went ahead and got a tenth of a percent higher by going there instead of a savings account great. You probably could cash that thing out and not pay that big of a penalty. Normally, financial institutions only will penalize your interest. They normally do not take money out of your principal, but of course, check into the terms there. So you've got a, a few different places to go. Sometimes people will start to ask me, well, Josh, you know, can't I just put it into a short-term bond fund? Can't I put it into a, you know, a, a mutual fund that has a really good track record? Can't I just consider my stock portfolio part of my cash because I own stocks that never go down, right? I, I hear people say that, that, well, you know, the, the stock that I own or the investments that I own, they've never gone down more than a certain amount. I would strongly caution you against thinking that way, because if there's an investment, it has risk. Investments mean that we've gotten out of the land of cash and the land of cash reserves. And so there is risk. And of course, any company, any mutual fund, any business out there has risk associated with it. And of course, you see it in every disclosure under the sun for investments is that past performance does not guarantee future results. And it may and likely will, you know, eventually, if you're not diversified, <laughs> result in some loss of principle. You hold on to investments long enough, you're going to have time periods where they go down in value. That's just part of the game. And that means that it's not appropriate for your cash reserves. It's not appropriate for the money that we need to be having those emergency funds set aside for the unexpected. You know, then we get into the other stuff. And of course, that's more fun. I think, you know, getting into investment strategies and so forth and, and figuring out those other buckets, right? How much do we keep in our security bucket? That would be tend to be the more stable types of investments like bonds. And then into the growth bucket, which would be more of our growth oriented stuff that has more more risk, of course, but you know, over time can get a higher growth rate. That would be things like our stocks or stock mutual funds, real estate. Those things are more fun to think about the long term. I can tell you many, many times I've sat down with people over my 21 years as a financial advisor, and they might have had the most beautiful investment portfolio that was well thought out and so forth, but they didn't have any cash. And they said, well, why would I? Why do I need a lot of cash when I've got this great investment portfolio? Uh, if something happens, I can just cash it out. 
I would strongly caution against that and rethink your cash strategy because truly when something bad happens, cash is king. And again, that's for both businesses and individuals. That really is that baby step number one and three that Dave talks about, Dave Ramsey. Uh, really, really important that you do not take that lightly. Um, very important that you recognize that, again, any of those complications I talked about before, if you own real estate, if you have a car, if you just have a life, <laughs> right? You know, we're all getting older. We all have stuff happen. And, uh, you know, all that stuff doesn't get covered by insurance. You know, that's part of that protection bucket is being thoughtful about the types of insurance that we own. But recognize that some things don't get covered by insurance. Even if you have dental insurance, for example, dental insurance, if you look at the summary of coverage, it really doesn't cover very much. I mean, if you've got a major thing that ends up happening, root canal, I've had clients that come in and say, Josh, I need twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars and those people still had dental insurance. It's just the dental insurance policy only covered so much. Um so you know, if you own it, is it terrible? Maybe not. You know, look at the coverage, but it, just recognize that if you had a major dental expense, that's not covered by health insurance. That's not covered by dental insurance to a large degree. So you really want to have cash set aside for stuff like that. Uh, with that, uh, hopefully that helped. I, again, that's a question I get all the time as far as how much cash should I have set aside. Cash really is king in the unexpected. On the other end of the spectrum, don't go too nuts. You know, should you have five years worth of cash, that probably is overkill. And, you know, probably means that you're not being a great steward of those resources. You know, a year worth of cash, great. Um, that's enough. And then we can start talking about investment strategies and what makes sense for that particular person. Uh, that being said, you know, I hope you're having a great month. I hope uh, everybody's staying healthy and safe. It's a crazy year that we've had. And you know, certainly there have been a lot of bad things that have happened this year or things that we certainly have hadn't planned on, but there's been a lot of good things as well, a lot of things to be grateful for. And certainly this time of year, I, I think a lot of us are reflecting on that this year and also looking into next year. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for you know the opportunity to be able to speak to you and, and work with you and your families. If there's anything that we can do to serve you better, of course, let us know. And uh, if you would please help us promote the podcast. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, and I think it's been really helpful to some folks out there. Um, and, and a lot of those people are not our clients, and that's perfectly fine. There are some people that are just getting started, and they really need some good foundational stuff, too. So some of these topics are good foundational financial things that you can pass on to them as well. You can certainly subscribe, subscribe to your favorite podcast service, and then you know share any of this stuff out there with your friends, anybody that uh, you care about that you think would find this helpful. Uh, God bless you and your families. I hope you are doing well, and we will talk real soon. Take care. The opinions voiced in this episode of The Wiser Financial Advisor with host Josh Nelson are for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.